0: Before we go to our scripture this morning, I want to share with you a devotional I remembered and found this morning, and I think it will set a a kind of a, a springboard, a context for what I want to try to say today about prayer. You probably read this before, but it's about a man by the name of George Mueller, and he made a famous statement, a godly statement. And he said, my eye is not on the density of the fog, but on the living God, who controls every circumstance of my life. Now we might not have the literal fog, but we all have a situation in life that we cannot see clearly what we're going to do next. The problem we have is we often put our eye on the problem and not on God. What made this man's experience so astounding and why I want to share it with you, it really pronounces the very principle and the validity and the magnitude and the power of prayer. Because he understood God in controlling every circumstance of his life. Now we have to get that really clear in our life as Christians. If we're going to live in this world and have any idea of how what fellowship with God in peace means, that means we have to embrace and understand with God's way of revealing Himself that He is sovereign. That every circumstance of our life, God either sins or, or He has to, he can, or He sins it or He controls it. It has to come through Him. So that's why prayer is so important. It's why the disciples, though they had, they had been blessed with Jesus during the apostolic age to do miracles, Great things. They still said, "Lord, teach us to pray." I want to tell you, you got to know, you're going to need to pray. That song we just sang, "I Must Tell Jesus," is not just a a catchy uh, tune. It is literally life. How are you talking to God? Are you and God on speaking terms? Doesn't mean everything is going to be just right. In fact, that's the time to talk to God. Even more. Well, listen to this uh, relations or this devotional with me. It was written by Charles Inglis, the well-known evangelist, relates the following remarkable incident. And a quote: When I first came to America 31 years ago, I crossed the Atlantic with the captain of a steamer who was one of the most devoted men I ever knew. And when we were off the banks of Newfoundland, he said to me, Mr. Inglis, the last time I crossed there five weeks ago, one of the most extraordinary things happened that has completely revolutionized the whole of my Christian life. Up to that time, I was one of your ordinary Christians. We had a man on board by the name of George Mueller of Bristol. I had been on that bridge for 22 hours and never left. I was startled by someone tapping me on the shoulder. It was George Mueller. Captain, he said, I have come to tell you that I must be in Quebec on Saturday afternoon. This was Wednesday. It is impossible, I said. Very well, if your ship can't take me, God will find some other means of locomotion to take me. I never broke an engagement in my 57 years. I would willingly help you, but how can I? I'm helpless. Let us go down to the chart room and pray, he said. I looked at this man and I thought to myself, what lunatic asylum could the man have come from? I have never heard of such a thing. Mr. Mueller, I said, do you know how dense this fog is? No, he replied, my eye is not on the density of the fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance of my life. He went down on his knees and he prayed one of the most simple prayers. I thought to myself, that would suit a children's class where the children were not more than eight or nine years old. The burden of his prayer was something like this, "O oh Lord, If it is consistent with thy will, please remove this fog in five minutes. You know the engagement you made for me in Quebec for Saturday. I believe it is your will. When he had finished, I was going to pray. But he put his hand on my shoulder and told me not to pray. First, he said, you do not believe God will do it. And second, I believe he has done it and there is no need whatsoever for you to pray about it. I looked at him, and George Mueller said this, Captain, I have known my Lord for 57 years, and there has never been a single day that I have failed to gain an audience with the king. Get up, Captain, and open the door, and you will find the fog is gone. I got up, and the fog was gone. On Saturday afternoon, George Mueller was in Quebec. Now, my friends, that's the power of prayer, okay? And so let's get our eyes on God. One thing I want to make sure we understand about prayer, is not about words, okay? It's not about diction. It's not about phrases. It's not about much speaking. Prayer is a state of the heart. Prayer is probably one of the most radical evidence of the God's amazing grace that could ever be. And so I want us to think about it. But when we think about prayer, we gotta first think about God. We gotta get our mind on our business. And our business is God's business. It's God's kingdom. It's putting God's first in our life. And when we do that, we'll find everything else is gonna fall in place. I have noticed in my ministry at Statesboro Primitive Baptist Church the power of prayer. I have been with some of you in hospital rooms, in emergency rooms, in the halls of ER, in courthouses, in homes, on hospice beds, and I have seen the power of God. Everything always didn't come out like we were praying it would, but it always come out with glory it always come out with strength and god's will being manifest in ways that we look back and say you know god you were right there i'm going to tell you it's just a a miracle to see prayers miracle is all around us and i pray that god would help us today to see that so i want to talk about teach me jesus how to pray Um, I'm not sure this is the most important lesson that we could ever have. To pray. To talk to God. Uh, I mean, you know, this this is what you do with God personally. This is your spirituality in a nutshell. It is understanding that your relationship to God is such that you have a direct line to Him. And my friends, you talk to Him. Because when you talk to God, you will listen to God. And you know, we live in a world, we've got to wonder who in the world am I listening to? We need to pray so that we can listen to God. Prayer is the manifestation of the power of God in the heart of a believer. And I pray that God would help us. I'm going to tell you who don't like prayer. The devil. The devil does not like prayer. He will keep you from praying. He will make you think you can't pray. He won't make you think you're not worthy to pray. He'll make you so busy you don't want to think about praying. But I'm going to tell you, you call him a liar. That's exactly what he is. If Adam and Eve had been praying more, they would not have been dealt with all the situations that cast us all, though in God's will must have been in the fall of man. But I will say this. I believe this. If we prayed or we talked to God more, We will sin less, have less stress, and not be in such a mess. You hear me? We would sin less, we would have less stress, and we would not be in such a mess. That's what prayer will do. Prayer not only changes things, prayer changes you and me. That's what prayer does. Because it is a communication with the author and finisher of not only your faith, but the creator and sustainer of this universe. May the Lord bless us. Let's look at these verses from Matthew chapter 6 as we go to this message on teach me to pray or to talk to God. You know this is part of Sermon on the Mount. For believers, that's what the Sermon on the Mount is addressed to. I'm going to read more verses than probably you think about reading sometime, but I want to read them because Jesus is such a master teacher Because he teaches not only how to pray, he teaches how not to. And I'm afraid that sometimes my prayers and maybe some of yours might fall in that category of how not to pray. But that's what Jesus starts with. How not to pray. I want to look at verse 5 of Matthew chapter 6. Would you read it with me? And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father or your Father forgive your trespasses. Thank you, Kai, for singing the Lord's Prayer. What a great blessing and a gift you shared with us. It glorified God and touched our hearts. To you, congregation, and to me, I pray that when we think about the Lord's Prayer, Here are some words of prayer that we can say in 30 seconds. But again, it's not saying the words, it's praying the prayer. It's kind of like the 23rd Psalm. Very familiar. But what makes the meat of the 23rd Psalm is not the verses. It's do you know the shepherd. When you're talking about praying and we're saying our Father, I'm going to tell you, when we really let that sink in, that we're talking to our Father. We're talking to God who made us, who has a purpose for our life, who loves us, who will never ever let something come in our lives that will take us away from Him. A God that says, my love is unconditional and can never be separated. The God that says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What a blessing. What we need to do is be reminded of how close God is. That's what prayer does. That's what Jesus is dealing with. It's not saying a bunch of words or catechism uh, mindset. It's just saying this is an outline. That's what he's doing. This is an outline of how to pray. Now, I make outlines, a lot of preachers do, when I try to preach a sermon. I don't write it all out. I've never written a sermon out. Um, Nothing wrong with doing that. I just don't find that way I can do it. Um, I never write a prayer out. Uh, what Jesus is saying, here's an outline. So I made a little outline of God's outline that I pray that would help us. I want to say four things quickly, but I want to say them powerfully according to God's Spirit about prayer and how to pray. One is we're going to have to do it honestly. You've got to be honest with God when you pray. There's no reason not to be because we know we're all sinners. We know that we have no merit of our own. So we come to God because God knows that but you trust God that he has taken your sins to the cross. And if you believe that and you live under the power of the resurrection, your sins are forgiven. Doesn't matter what your conscience says, doesn't matter what somebody else says or what you've done. Doesn't matter about the blemishes. What matters is about the the God's of glory that you have been bought and purchased by the blood of Christ. And that it makes all the difference in the world. But we've got to be honest with God. Uh, secondly, we have to be humble. We have to be humble. Prayer is humbling. We've got to get there first. You know, the problem we have most of it with praying, we are so selfish. We are so self-centered. We forget who we're dealing with. And then thirdly, I want us to see that, that prayer is heavenly. It is heavenly. It's not about getting what we want in this life necessarily. It is about God. It is about heavenly. When God says to fix our minds on things of above and not on earth, do you think he's going to model a prayer so that we pray for earthly things? It's not going to happen. We need to keep our head up to God. That's what prayer does. It keeps us looking in the right direction. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles because he's the one that can help us. And then I want you to see, fourthly with me, that when we pray, we see the model here, this is happening. It's happening now. It's not something you gotta wait for, you see. I think we missed that some, we just gotta wait for God to do something. I'm gonna tell you, you are happening right now. I am in the midst of happenings of prayer being answered, just seeing you in this congregation. You are here for a purpose. You're not an accident. You're not. And we need to see that and bless God in it. So now let's go to see this. First of all, I want you to see that prayer is honest. Don't you see what Jesus is doing? He's talking about these Pharisees. What these guys were, they were very, very religious. Oh, they knew the scriptures. They knew how to play church. They went to Wednesday night Bible study. I mean, they'd been to camp, been on the mission field. I mean, they could quote scripture, and they love to pray. I mean, they like to be noticed when they pray. I want you to understand something with me about prayer. You know, prayer is, again, the state of the heart. But but prayer is about your thoughts of God. And it's not about what you can say. Some of the most godly men and women are people that cannot pray in public. Do not let the devil beat up on you and say, well, you know, if I was a Christian, I could pray. You don't say that in far the public. You understand that God has given you. I would say the most fervent prayers. people that just literally were shaking their shoes. I know I told uh, uh, Brother Floyd Futch when he was here on earth. I asked Brother Floyd one day, I said, Brother Floyd, do you mind if I call on you to dismiss us in church in prayer?" Brother Floyd will tell you what he thought, as you know. And he said, Brother Andy, if you call on me to pray, I'm going to turn around and walk out the door. I never forgot that. I never called on him. But that didn't make Floyd or anybody else less of a Christian. See, what Jesus said, these Pharisees love to pray. Turn with me to Luke 18. Luke 18. Here's, here's a good example. And it says there that in verse uh, 9, of Luke 18, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Now listen to this. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not like other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up as much his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now you see the difference, don't you? I tell you, Jesus said, this man went down to the house, his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. What this publican said, Lord, I'm a sinner. The Pharisees said, you know, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm religious. I can do this. And then you see the, all the eyes. See, prayer, Jesus said, don't pray like these Pharisees to be seen of men. You know, I remember when I was growing up in Upper Black Creek Church and God was kind of dealing with me a little bit about spiritual things. Uh, my pastor, Brother Howard Cox, would call on me to pray. I mean, I, it, I, I was scared to death. And it got to where I'd go to church. I was in the back of the room, you know, and I would, I'd be standing dismissed. I'd hide behind somebody. Man, I want that man calling me to pray. But some way, you know, Brother Howard wasn't that tall. He would and find me. And man, I just didn't know what to say. But you know what? I thought about that the other day. I'm not sure that I prayed more fervent prayers then than I now. I go to meetings now and I say to myself, somebody's going to call on me to pray. You know, I'm a preacher. They're going to call on me to pray. And you know what? God forbid. I'm going to say, and we've got to understand that our prayers, just like the tears of our repentance, have to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. My friends, if you want to really see what sin is like, you don't have to go to the gay bars. You don't have to go to the rat riders in the streets. Uh, you don't have to go uh, uh, down to the ghettos and the drug alleys. You want to see what sin looks like? You go to church. You go to church you see somebody on their knees praying because what you see in there is a battle. Prayer is a battle. It is a war, my friends. It is a war. Have you not ever prayed and you get started praying and you think of all kinds of things? That's a spiritual warfare going on. It is a war room. The greatest time we're going to see what sin is like is we're going to see people humbling themselves before God pray. I I mean, God forbid uh, get into a church. I mean, the devil, sin will follow us to heaven, really. It will. That's how much we need to be against it. But grace, it, not only the prayer shows us grace we need to be on, or sin, we need to be honest with, that's what this publican was. Jesus said, that's what I want. I want your honesty. When Zacchaeus, um, Jesus came to him, the man was up a tree wanting to see his Lord and Jesus called him down. The first thing Zacchaeus was talking about was what he didn't do. And things he didn't, and Jesus says, this day salvation has come to your house. If you can't be honest with God, then you're not talking to him the way you ought to be talking to him. That's what he says, be honest with God. Secondly, humble. Be humble before God. Our Father which art in heaven, remember who you're talking to. We are living in a world where we have reverence for hardly nothing or nobody. But when it comes to prayer, we need to be reminded that God is over all. That he has adopted us, that we are his children. And he didn't have to do that. Listen to me. He did not. He chose to do that. He did it because he loves you. And so he says, you pray like you're an adopted son or daughter. You say, our Father. And Really? If we can say that, and that doesn't humble us, there's no need to go any further. There's no need to go into what our daily needs are when we forget that God is our Father. So you come humbly. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. You know that familiar prayer verse. It's about praying. It says this. God says, "If my people, not somebody else, but if my people, shall do what first? Humble themselves. Now, if you don't think uh, God can humble you, he can do it. But God says do it yourself. God can't humble us. I believe God is humble in America. I do. And I believe we're going to get humbler. I really do. But we need to understand that God says humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Now, that's what God is saying. That's the model of prayer. Jesus is teaching us He's already taught us. We need to embrace that and see that. So we see this this, uh, this business of being honesty. It's seeing humility. Have you ever heard, and we heard a beautiful prayer this morning by a little child. Have you ever heard a little child pray a bad prayer? You know why? Because their focus is on God. I mean, mean, uh, Anderson's prayer this morning... Emery Grace said the same one. She's about three. Last week at our house, we had lunch, and their family was over, and so Emery wanted to say the prayer before the meal. And I know she was, you know, probably cutting up a little bit. This, this little girl got down on her, on her, just prostrate on the floor, laid out, hands and feet, and said that prayer, God our Father. And I know, you know, we all kind of giggled at it and said, but you know what, that is how we need to be. That is real prayer. Just like a little child, you know, just, just in, uh, again, it's, you know, when the church gets so polished and, and so in order that things have to be so right in my eyes, what we're really doing, and that's what Jesus was getting to, is we're doing nothing less than worshiping ourselves. And so when we pray and we think we got to say certain words or we got to pray for a certain length of time or, or we got to pray uh, uh, a certain time of the day, I mean, my friends, that is what Jesus is saying. Do not pray like that. It's your thoughts. It's your heart. He says go into your closet and shut out some things. Now, he's not talking about a literal closet necessarily. You can close in your closet when you're going down the road. You can shut out of your mind. When you talk to Jesus, talk to God, you don't have to be in a, a cave somewhere. You know, you don't have to get on your oak tree somewhere. You just, you just say whatever it is. You pray. You, you shut out those problems. You shut out those situations that, that cause you to, to uh, feel that uneasiness. So he said that you do that. You pray that way. And that's what God has called us to do. And to pray him in it. Thirdly, just touching this, you know, prayer is not only honest, Don't try to cover up. You you won't get anywhere because God knows that we're sinners. We need to tell God that we know we are and that we need His forgiveness and we don't like sin and we hate it and we want to serve Him. And then, too, we we do it humbly knowing that He is our Father. But then we do it heavenly. Heavenly means, Lord, we want Your will to be done. In In other words, He says, Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. As in heaven. Now, see, we have a problem sometimes with prayer, I believe, because we really want our will to be done. But God says, My will be done. That's what He says. Notice in this prayer that Thy comes before the us. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And then, give us uh, our daily bread. Uh, Lead us not into temptation. Forgive us of our trespasses. You see the difference? The first thing you do is you tell God that you love him and you understand that you come humbly. You put God first in your prayer. That's the thought of it. It doesn't matter how long it is. There's a prayer the disciples prayed when the boat was sinking. Just a few short words. They said, Lord, save us. We perish. But notice they said, Lord, first. You see, God is your Lord, our Father which art in heaven. Um, hallowed be thy name the name of God is a power the Jehovah Jireh that God is our helper God is uh, our Jehovah Rapha the, the healer and you understand that God is serious and is powerful in his name Jesus as we know means salvation what a blessing so it has to be heavenly and not earthly prayer should be that way and then, and then fourthly I, I thought about it's happening now. You know, when we're praying for our daily needs, our daily needs are actually being met. We wouldn't be here today. Do you know people say, well, I don't know what God's will is. I'm going to tell you what. There's no problem with God's will. If you're not living in some fragrance and you are in God's will, you're in God's will by whatever color your skin is. That's God's will. Your parents, you don't choose that. You don't. Uh, this time you're living in, you're in God's will. So we don't need to quill about. when I'm going to be in God's will. You know, I'm going to get in God's will. We need to understand you're in God's will. I hear people say, oh, we're going to have a revival. We're having a revival right now. The problem is we want it the way we want it. We want to make it man-made. You know, anybody that says you've got to have a revival that that believes in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then you haven't really got down deep enough with God as you need to be. Because I'm going to tell you, my friends, when we understand where we would be without God's Holy Spirit, and that God has to reveal himself to us, and he's done that just to kick things our heart to be still and know that he's God, I'm going to tell you, that is revival. And there's nothing men going to do. They can put up a tent every on every corner of the street. They can have the greatest preachers to come to their will, but it'll be nothing but words. What revival is, is understanding, humbly, honestly, heavenly, that it's God that does it all, and that we are so thankful that he saved us by his grace. I'm going to tell you what, if you doubt that in them all, and you say, well, you know, I don't know about it. You get on your knee, you pray to God. Well, I'm going to tell you, the greatest uh, picture of a man or a woman is going to be on their knees in prayer. That is what matters. Let your children see you pray. Hear you pray. I pray that God would bless us all. There's nothing more comforting in my life than to know that you pray for me. I know that for sure. I'm going to tell you, we need to see this is happening, that he gives us our daily bread. That he leads us not into temptation. Do you know where we'd be without God's protection? I don't know about you, but I know how sinful I am. (laughs) I know where I'd be. I know it's happening right now. The only way I can stand beside you is understanding that. God says, lead us not into temptation. You know, Jesus, in teaching us how to pray, does not address the very subjects that we're concerned about and sometimes pray for so much, and that is, the future or uh, where, where death or, you know, whatever. Uh, some problems. He says, you pray so you not be led into temptations. What Jesus is saying, oh God, help me understand and pray to you that I won't fail you. We need to be praying. Now this world is going to hell. It's going there. You've got you to know that. It's not, that's not going to change. What we need to say is, oh God, help me be faithful. Help me, O God, be your witness no matter what. And it's a matter of shaking our thoughts and putting them on God instead of the fog, instead of the news meeting, instead of our problems. But you understand what God is doing to you. He has given you a destination, and you're going there. And if the mode you're in doesn't seem to be right, then you change that or God will, okay? Because God is not going to give up on you. He's not. He's not. So, just closing. I think about this when you think about God. I've said before, and I'll say again tonight: the most important thing about a person is what they think of God. That's going to be it. Um, but when you think about what comes to your mind when you think about what comes to your mind when you think of uh, October, well fall or football game, deer season. What comes to your mind when you think about the will of God? Well, loss of a loved one, COVID, sickness, some tragedy, tsunami, hurricane. I mean, that's what comes to our mind most of the time. But the will of God is also sunrise. The will of God is also harvest time. The will of God is also the birth of a baby. (laughs) I mean, all these are the will of God. When we need to see that and understand that and embrace it, oh God, thank you for your will. And I pray, oh God, that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you stand with me? everybody stand? I want you to pray with me before we go. We're going to all pray the Lord's Prayer together and ask God to make it a spiritual um, implication to him for his guidance and glory through our rest of our as believers. Would you bow with me and let's all pray together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thou art the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Brother Kyle, you want to sing a song or lead us in one?